It's incredible in terms of what's possible, and you know the, the size of the list you can build and how much traffic is really out there. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey everybody, it's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy, and it's time for episode 64 of the McMethod Email Marketing Podcast, where you'll discover one simple thing, how to make more money with every single email that you send. Today, I'll be talking to Mike Colella, the founder of AdBeat. Now, AdBeat is an awesome piece of software that lets you spy on your competitors. You can drop someone's you know, competitor's URL into the software, and it will tell you all the ads that they're running, where they're running them, how long they've been running, so you can figure out if the ads are profitable, what the landing pages are, if the landing pages are converting, so you can have a great foundation to start your own campaign on. So that's AdBeat. So I thought I'd get Mike on today because I'm diving into paid traffic myself, my own business, and I thought, why not get some paid traffic guys? Mike's one of them to come on and talk about paid traffic and email marketing and sales funnels because it's going to help me and it's going to help you. Okay, so today, me and Mike are going to talk about how much you need to make with your funnel to make it work. There's a big misconception here that if you go and create a funnel and, and you promote it, you know, if you don't make money with it straight away, then you know, it's not working. That's not actually how it works. You need to make a certain amount and you can test and tweak your way to get there anyway. I won't spoil the surprise. Uh, beginner mistakes with paid traffic and how to avoid them and the split testing mindset and that is absolutely key and I've talked about this before in the 80-20 sales and marketing book with Perry Marshall. Now to get the show notes for this episode of the email marketing podcast, go to themcmethod.com slash 64. Now, this week's McMaster's Insight of the Week. If you don't know, McMaster's is my private training community where you can get, uh, uh, there's a forum, there's training products, the McIntyre Method pages that convert a bunch of different products which will help you build your sales funnel and create your email marketing and your email autoresponder. And there's also a forum where you can ask questions from me and from the other people in there. That's McMaster's. This week's Insight is Julian said, I gave it a go yesterday, that is handwriting copy, and I've got one of John Carlton's headlines stuck in my head all night. Here's the headline. The naked girls all laughed behind the little pudgy guy's back until he got into a knife fight with three enormous badass bikers. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a, that's a cool headline. I just wanted to bring that up. But the main point I mentioned this is that Julian went and got started handwriting copy. And that's why I wanted to mention it. It's because handwriting copy, that's how I learned how to write copy. That's how Gary Albert, that's how Dan Kenny, that's how all of the best copywriters in the world learn to write copy. Okay, and most of them. And uh, you know, I've mentioned this before, but I think it bears repeating again that if you want to become a copywriter, or if you want to get better copy, or better at sales, better at marketing, go handwrite some copy from you know the old days. Go get one of Gary Hubbard's sales letters, John Carlton, something like that. Write it down with a pen and paper. It's fun. Now, if you have a review, if you want to review the show, you, you'll make my day, put a huge smile on it, but you'll also help me spread the word of the email marketing podcast and get more of this marketing goodness out into the wild. So go to iTunes, uh, search for the McMethod email marketing podcast, and you can leave me a review there, and I will read it out on the show. I got one listener question, and then we'll get into this interview with Mike Colella. The question is, where do I get started with uh, paid traffic? If I want to get started with paid traffic, where's the best place to start? I think... Uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of different places to start. I would go, I'm going with Facebook. Basically, you need to just pick one and stick with that. Don't pick one and then do it for a week and go, this isn't working, then go do another one and then another one and then another one because you never make any progress on any of them. You want to pick one traffic source and master it, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Google AdWords. Google AdWords is very competitive. 
uh, right has been around for a bit longer. So I'd say go with Facebook. And, uh, and then what you're really gonna need is you're gonna need a sales funnel. So it's not just as simple as setting up an ad and sending it to your sales page. Facebook, it's not really gonna work like that. You're gonna need, I'm gonna mention this on another episode soon, that you need to have a sales funnel where if someone comes in and they don't just get the sales page, they get a squeeze page or an article or something like that. Then they buy the product. Then you have a series of upsells that you sell them, which will dramatically increase the lifetime value or the amount of cash that someone can spend in that, you know, that first go, which is gonna push you closer and closer to profitability. So that's it for now. Let's get into this interview with Mr. Mike Calella and talk about pay traffic and sales funnels. It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponding guy. I'm here with Mike Calella. And Mike uh, is the founder of AdBeat, which is an uh, awesome piece of software that allows you to check out what your competitors are doing on paid advertising. Now, uh, I haven't had on this podcast, I haven't had many, well, I haven't had any guys so far, aside from Perry Marshall, to talk about paid traffic, or paid traffic specifically. And uh, recently I was going through Traffic Black Book. I think it was Paid Traffic Black Book 2 and Mike uh, is one of the presenters on that program so I thought hang on why don't I bring some of these paid traffic guys on here because plenty of people come to me and they ask me how do you build a list and you can go and do it through SEO and build a content site but that takes a long 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 time that's that's a good long term strategy but what if you want to build a list today and that's where paid traffic comes in and I'm fascinated with this issue because I'm just getting into it myself so uh, you know there's a lot that I you know that I want to learn here there's a lot that I can learn and uh, I know that there's plenty of people that are listening to this maybe as a listener who, who you know, you want to know how to do this too. Some of the basically how to take, how to go and buy a list, not buy a list, you know, a full list, but go and buy traffic, send it to an opt-in page, and turn it into leads. So we're going to talk about that today. Mike, how are you going? Hey, John. Uh, I'm good. Glad to be here. Cool, man. Good to have you on. Uh, before we get started into the, uh, the, you know, building a list with paid traffic stuff, I give the listener a background on. I've done a little bit, but a background on who is Mike Colella. You know, a, a bit about AdBeat and what you're getting up to these days. Uh, sure. So, you know, before AdBeat, I basically kind of got involved with online marketing through affiliate marketing. And I started promoting a bunch of different fitness products, uh, mostly info products in the fitness space and uh, doing really well with that with um, with display advertising, a lot on the Google Display Network and some other um, traffic sources. And, uh, you know, after kind of doing that for a while, uh, had the idea to, to build AdBeat and um, uh, started building building that product out, and we've been doing that for for quite a while now. It's you know been in the marketplace for over three years now. And so you know, AdBeat is just briefly, it's a competitive intelligence platform that allows you to see what is happening uh, in across the internet and across twenty different countries, even uh, with display advertising. So you can basically see what your competitors are doing, see what ads they're using, what landing pages they're using, uh, and that's kind of the idea uh, there. Okay. Okay. Nice. So that's basically like uh, I mean, I've taken a little bit of a look at it so far. We can go in and you can punch in, say someone's. And I've seen these. Uh, you know, you've run through the course uh, where you can like punch in someone's like someone's website, and that'll bring up all their ads, all their campaigns, you know, the ad copy, the 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 banner ads, everything that's going on in their ad campaigns. Then you can kind of look for ideas to basically just copy and then you know roll out in your own campaigns. Yeah, I mean that's basically the idea. You can get some really some really great ideas on ad copy. You can get great ideas on landing page copy, uh, and you can really just kind of see what's working um, it, with display advertising in particular. We don't cover search advertising. That's kind of um, not really my area of expertise. Um, 
display is, you know, for anybody that doesn't know, that's, you know, banner ads uh, that show up all over the web. Um, a lot of different sources of traffic for that sort of advertising. Cool, man. Cool. Okay, cool. Well, uh, let's get into some of this, uh, you know, how to build a list with paid traffic. We talked about it real quick before we jumped on the call here and hit record. But uh, give me a bit of an overview. Let's start later. Let's start off with kind of like a big picture overview of, I guess, what uh, what's going on right now with uh, building lists with paid traffic. And then we'll dive into some of the details. Uh, so, I mean, there, there are... The- there are guys out there right now. I mean, just to give you an idea, kind of the upper end of, you know, what's possible. I mean, there's guys out there building lists of, you know, a million plus uh, subscribers using display advertising um, in many different markets, you know, anything from health and wellness to um, personal development to golf to, you know, um, finance. I mean, uh, kind of across the board, um, there's guys out there doing that, uh, building lists primarily through using display advertising a lot of paid traffic to an opt-in page. So it's, it's, it's pretty, it's incredible in terms of what's possible in terms, you know, the, the size of a list you can build and how much traffic is really out there. If, if that's kind of the model that you're focused on and, and you're kind of dedicated to putting in the work to, to make it all happen. Okay. So they're doing like, you're looking at ads on the Google network that then push people to a squeeze page. Is this like a typical squeeze page or are they doing something funky these days? Um, you know, you'll see anything from more of a tip. I mean, anything from the, a very basic squeeze page, which is a headline and a little bit of copy to something more elaborate, like a quiz style page, uh, that asks them a bunch of different questions before asking for the opt-in, even a, a video, uh, short video on the opt-in page and then asking for an opt-in, you know, obviously in exchange for some sort of value, right? Some sort of free content or work or whatever. Okay. So it's kind of across the board. It just, it depends on the market really. And um, it's, you know, a lot of that's about testing or um, seeing what's working in, uh, in different markets. Okay. Now there's a big thing here with, because obviously it's going to cost money to go and build a list like this, but one strategy for this is immediately after they opt in, you you give them an offer of some kind. Yeah. You send them to, that's standard practice, right? What you want to do is you want to recoup your ad costs on the front end? Is that what these guys are doing or is it uh, better to I don't know, not do that yeah. and do it on the order? No, I mean, it would be it, it would be hard, I think, to use this sort of model with paid traffic to an opt-in without trying to recoup a good chunk, at least, of your of your ad costs right there on the on the day zero uh, after opt-in. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends on the market and depends on how well built out your funnel is. But I mean, I, I can tell you there's guys out there that are doing anywhere from kind of break even on the front end, like on day zero, they're they're basically recouping ad costs completely to maybe even running at a slight profit. And then there's some guys that'll actually go negative on the front end and may not recoup that ad spend until weeks into an autoresponder sequence. You know, it just depends on on what you're doing, especially if you have some sort of a high-end product, you know, on the back end that may take weeks to develop in terms of building trust and, you know, sort of educating the market or whatever on what it is you're going to offer them. I mean, you, you may not be able to break even on the on day zero. So you may have to be willing to put in some money and sink into that autoresponder sequence before you see the return. Hmm. I remember speaking to a friend here in uh, Thailand and he's, he works with some of these guys and he mentioned that uh, a lot of the big companies, they're often happy with, you know, the, if they can get 50% of their ad spend back, so 50% ROI on the front, they're usually happy because then they can go, they know based on the funnels that they've had in the past that they can go and make the rest of that and some profit back using the autoresponder in the back end. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's for someone who's just starting out, that's going to be challenging because you're not going to have that funnel built out properly on the back end. You probably don't have the product line that's needed. Mm. Um, 
and you just don't have the autoresponders all set up. Most people, you know, don't have the patience to set up, you know, a hundred plus autoresponder emails before they even start sending any traffic. So for someone who's who's more advanced and is really established in the market, that's probably totally reasonable, you know, 50% on day zero. Mm. But uh, it's possible, it's definitely possible to do 100% of your ad spend on day zero. And so recouping all of that, um, either with a, a, say an affiliate offer on the thank you page or offering your product at a discount, you know, one-time offer kind of style. So there's there's a lot of options to, to make it work and kind of almost anything you can think of is, is out there being used. Okay. Okay, interesting. So I'd be cool to get into some of the funnel stuff in a minute, but first, uh, yeah, I'm going to be good to take a quick look at uh, when someone gets starts with page traffic, gets started with paid traffic, and you know, with this kind of model, when they start doing like a squeeze page with an autoresponder and they're driving traffic via a display network, what's some of the stuff that, that's, that typically goes wrong? Some of the typical mistakes that people make that if they just eliminated those mistakes, they'd be more successful. Hmm. I would say with display in particular, probably one of the biggest mistakes is trying to be too direct with uh, what it is, what with your copy, uh, too direct with your message. Um, it display is such a unique medium uh, where the person isn't; they're probably not thinking of whatever it is that you're offering them when they're on the the site that they find your ad on. And so you really have to kind of be a little more indirect and a little more um, almost a little more aggressive with the copy and almost entertaining, I, I think is a good element to include. If in some way you can sort of kind of capture their attention for a few minutes, uh, it's, it's, you know, you're gonna have a much better chance of the whole thing working in terms of a, a positive ROI. So trying to just go too direct with like, you know, with, with your ad copy, I would say is, is a big mistake that I see a lot of people try to make with, with display. Okay. What, what do you mean by too direct? You mean they're just going straight for like, you're in the lose weight niche. You might just say something like lose weight. What's, what's yeah yeah i mean yeah exactly without sort of a, a hook right i mean i'll just tell you in that in that market right now you know a, a hook that's been working for you know years i mean I, I don't know how many years now but the a headline like um five foods to never eat right <laughs> that's like that's a headline that's freaking everywhere you know and so that that says nothing about losing weight right yeah um yeah. and and so that's a pretty it's just sort of a little bit of a twist and it's just a little bit of a hook that gets people sort of curious and willing to click through, right? Um, it doesn't feel like you're trying to sell them on anything. It, it feels like you're trying to give them something of, of value immediately. And so people respond to that. Yeah, me and my friend make fun of that all the time. We'll be at, uh, at dinner with friends or something and we'll end up start, we'll quote that and we'll just start coming up with ad, you know, weight loss ad copy on the fly based on these five weird foods it <laughs> doesn't want you to know about. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So, so one mistake is that you need an angle. Basically, you need a hook. You need a reason other than just selling a product to actually, you know, be there. Um, okay. Are there any other mistakes that people are making? Common mistakes? Jeez, I don't. You know, I think just being patient enough and um, and really getting enough data to make good decisions. Uh, a lot of people just get scared out of the market. Um, they'll, you know, spend a few dollars on some ads and it doesn't quite work out for them, and so they'll just kind of give up uh, way too early. I mean, the reality is that you know the ad copy matters a lot. The landing page matters a lot in terms of, you know, making sure it's all uh, converting as well as possible. And then the sites that your ads are showing up on is also extremely important. I mean, you can take the best ad in the world, the best copy, the best landing page, and you can place that ad on a site that just doesn't have the right type of prospect on the site and it's still not going to perform, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to be willing to kind of find the right combination of all three of those things until 
you kind of hit on a little pocket of targeting, a little pocket of um, sort of that, that whole combination there, and, and, and you'll see something start working. And then you kind of improve on it from there. Okay. Well, one thing that's really kind of clicked for me from the last couple of months doing some Perry Marshall stuff is this whole split testing mindset that you know, most people kind of get into paid traffic. And, uh, you know, whether it's display ads or Facebook or, or Google or any of this stuff where, uh, you know, they run a campaign and maybe they, you know, it doesn't work because they make one change to the ad copy and then it doesn't work. They're like, oh, all right, this is a bad idea. I'm, you know, I can't make it work. And they give up and they go back to doing whatever they're doing before. Whereas, from what I've heard, and the more people I speak to, the, the truer I find, you know, find this is, is that you basically split test your way to profitability. You're going to try it if you have to try it 20 different ads or 50 different ads, and then 20 different landing pages. You know, and if you're willing to do that, that's what it really takes to be successful. Yeah, I mean, I I cannot agree with that. Uh, it's, I mean, I, anymore, guys. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, so yeah, you can. I mean, I've taken a campaign that started with you know losing. I don't know, three quarters of my ad spend and taken that campaign uh, and turned it profitable, you know, in a few weeks or a month or six weeks time, you know, it started out, it, a lot of people would just call that a, a loser, right? Yep. But there were conversions coming in. And so you got to take a look and say, well, where are these conversions coming from? You know, what can I do to try to target this traffic better? What can I change about the ad copy? Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. Is there any benchmark that, uh, you know, Perry mentions going, you know, you're going to have to spend, say, a couple grand before you're actually got a, you know, a winning campaign. Is there any sort of benchmark you go by when thinking about how much are you going to have to spend or invest you know, in the first kind of month or two while you're just testing and ironing things out before you actually hit uh, a good campaign? Um, it just, I mean, it depends on what you're doing. Uh, if you, it, it really depends. And as far, as far as like how much would I be willing to spend before giving up that I don't, I'm not going to go after something that I don't know is like a proven market. So if I'm going after something and I've lost a thousand dollars, it's not going to scare me because I know that there's guys out there that are making the market work already. You know, they're already having success. So I'm going to be far more likely to just push through and stick with it try to figure out what I'm doing wrong you know but if you're just like throwing up some random idea it's it's hard to say when to quit because um, if something's not proven to work on display that's that could be challenging and, and you may you may have to spend an awful lot of money to, to figure it out I mean a, you know a, Perry said a couple thousand dollars is that what he said I mean that's that's not a bad yeah he mentions that like thumb. a small business got to spend a couple grand to kind of get this thing going problem is most business most small businesses you know three grand that's a lot of money to the average business I, I think what happens is that it's not a lot of money, even for like a small business, it's probably not a lot of money if they were convinced that at some point it was going to turn around and all of a sudden things were going to be profitable and it was going to be a great source of traffic for them. But I think what happens is, is they don't know that you get spooked, right? They decide that, you know, oh, this could be like this just black hole of, of cash that I just keep losing money, right? And so, yeah, I think most people would quit before spending two or $3,000 honestly at least two or three thousand in losses i think would make most people quit yeah. it doesn't that doesn't always happen though you know sometimes you you hit on a on a good thing and um you can make something profitable relatively quickly so i don't want to say that that's always the way that it works out but sometimes it, it does 
Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're probably right about that. The whole idea of three grand is not that big of a deal, but when it's three grand, it seems like you're just throwing it away to the Google Display Network or another ad network. That's, I think that's quite hard to stomach. The, the, the feeling that you're spending, say, $100 a day and nothing's coming out of it, at least for the first month or so. Yeah, so ideally what happens is is you're seeing constant improvement, right? I mean, you, you know, you're out of every 100, you're losing, you know, 75 at first for the first couple days, maybe even a week. And then, you know, the next week, you're only losing 50 out of 100. And then the next week, 25, et cetera, right? And finally, after a month or so, you're, you're break even. Once you're break even, then you're kind of home free at that point. Because, you know, even though you may not be making any money, but you're constantly collecting more data and you're able to split test ads and split test, you have all this traffic coming in and um, without losing money, you can afford to keep testing and then you'll eventually be profitable. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the way that works. Okay. Okay. And one thing, uh, one thing I'm setting up right now, and I guess some of these other guys are doing as well is like, let's say you, you, someone opts into this list and then uh, they get presented with a one-time offer, such as a discount on a product that, you know, that's already out there. And then what happens is once they activate that, once they go and purchase that one product that was maybe say, you know, it depends on what network and what market you're in, but it might be say $10 is, you know, cheap low dollar offer to kick things off. Then they get hit with an upsell for say 40 bucks. And then if they buy mm-hmm. that, they get one for a hundred bucks. And then if they buy that, they get another one for say two or 300. So on the front, it might seem like, boy, you can only make like $7. So you're selling a $7 ebook or something. But once you run a whole ton of traffic at that, one in however many hundred, depending on the conversion rate, is going to end up buying everything in that funnel, buying every upsell, which is going to add up to something like $300. So you can actually, there's quite a lot of potential on that front to make a decent amount of money. Yeah, I mean, oftentimes I would say that in a in a well developed uh, sort of upsell flow and and, and product line, uh, that it's it's very possible to to see up to a hundred percent more revenue from the upsells than you would if you just had the front end product, right? Yeah. So that makes it. So this is why, like, it's hard to like just kind of talk in general about you know how to make display advertising work because if you have someone that really understands email marketing. Marketing. They really understand um, product pricing and upsell flows and all of this stuff. Like they've got all that down already, um, and they have a well-developed product line. Then they may be able to make advertising work, you know, fairly quickly. Right? Mm-hmm. It's when you're trying to do, you're trying to kind of start from scratch on both sides that, that it's more difficult. And I think often, I think usually people know one thing or the other. It's it's rare to find somebody that really understands email marketing and full funnel optimization and also understands the. Track Graphic side, you know, yeah, because um, they're 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 both pretty tough, right? I mean, people tend to just form an expertise on in in one on one side of it, and you know, you can spend years just trying to perfect your skills with you know email and and copy and all that stuff, right? <laughs> It's funny. That's it's pretty much what I've been doing. I mean, you know, start as a copywriter and then go good at writing emails and kind of then started selling my own products and doing it for clients. But I've never done paid traffic. I've kind of dabbled in paid traffic in the last probably two to three years, but I've always had that mindset that oh, I spent $100 and I didn't make anything. I should just give up, you know, so that I'd stop doing it. And, and now I'm, I'm kind of kicking myself. Something. Imagine what would have happened if all I did is spent 10 bucks, 20 bucks a day for the last two years. I'd be miles ahead of where I am now and I would have been out of practice copy along the way as well. So I'd have both skill sets. But now I've got one. And now it's time to learn the other side of the coin. 
Yeah, and I mean, I did the same thing though from the other side. Like, I I learned advertising for, and, and basically, I don't know what. I think I was scared of email or whatever for several years, and finally, a couple of years ago, started learning email. And you know, if I'd started that earlier, I'd be way better off right now. So, <laughs> it's but you know, I don't know. You tend to you learn one thing, and if you start having success with it, you get in a little bit of a comfort zone, probably. Yeah. Um, so yeah. That's what happens. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's dive in real quick just to some of the. Uh, so let's say some of this email stuff, basically. Like you say, same. Let's say we've got on the uh, Google Display Network. We've got some good sites, good traffic. People are opting in, and, and we've got an upsell flow there with, uh, say, you know, front end offer. And uh, just so people understand what this is, you might have a, what I've got set up right now that I've just got is uh, someone opts in. There's a seven dollar offer. Which is a one-time offer from down from twenty dollars, and then uh, if they buy that, they get a thirty-seven dollar offer, and then a ninety-seven, and then a one hundred ninety-seven offer. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, what? Let's talk. What happens after that? What are you know? When you you mentioned some of this. This can get quite advanced. Is this like <laughs> a straight autoresponder sequence, or are people doing quite ninja stuff on the back end with their emails? I- so here's the funny thing. Like it varies completely. I mean, the guys that are doing a, an amazing job with this, they're going to be like, you know, ultra advanced with all this. They're going to be doing all sorts of behavior based, you know, email marketing onto the buyer sequence and, you know, remarketing. If they didn't take the upsells, they're going to know that and start offering them again on the buyer sequence and all of that kind of stuff. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of like at the upper end, like that's the kind of stuff you can be doing. But there's guys out there that are doing well with paid traffic and they're not that advanced. So they have just got a really solid front end high converting offer. And um, on the back end, they may just be kind of lazy and just not really have, you know, have it all that advanced. Maybe they're mailing out some affiliate offers, whatever. Um, so it, it just kind of, um, it really, it really depends um, on the, on the business and how far along they are. Yeah. Okay. There's basically like a series of leverage points. Like when you fire up an ad campaign, assuming that you've got, I mean, you can optimize the ad, you know, with the image, the banner, the, the call to action, and then you can optimize the landing page. Maybe it's a, like a one-step landing page. Maybe you've got like some sort of lead box or like opt-in box that you have to click a button and it pops up. These are all leverage points. And assuming you've got those things dialed, then you can start to look at, well, do we optimize the product? Do you optimize the sales page? Or maybe you optimize the email sequence. And it sounds like some people go in <laughs> down the email sequence direction. Some people go down the product line direction. It's tough. I mean, honestly, there's so many things you can optimize. At that point, when you get to that point, it's really tough to decide what to do. So it helps like if you have some friends that have um, have some sort of a sequence set up and you can maybe kind of get reference points on like if you have an up like say you have an upsell sequence and you know you got two upsells and each of them converts at 10 percent um, 10% of the people that bought the front end, you know, buy each of them, that's probably a little bit low. Yeah. And so that might, you know, if you know that, right, if you've, you know, asked some other people or figured this out by in some way, right, taking some training courses or whatever, then you might know that that's a good place to kind of focus some time on. And so it helps to know a little bit about what kind of averages are. But yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, you'll re- you reach a point where you don't really know what to focus on. And um, there's a lot of different ways you can go. I will I mean, the more the, the I will say this, like the trick, the real kind of turning point is when you get to, if you can get to a break even on your ad spend, then you're, you know, you're, you're in a good place, right? Because then you can start, you have traffic coming into your email funnel and now you, whatever you choose to do it, it almost doesn't matter because the chances are you're going to improve it if you're testing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I mean, at some point you're going to, 
you know, you're going to probably get the big wins on an opt-in page and you're going to get the big wins on your one-time offer. And so you, you know, you move on to test other things. Once you get to that point where you have traffic coming in, I mean, that's, that's a good place to be. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine, man. All right, man. Well, this has been really cool. Just lastly, to finish up, what, what are some, if someone wanted to get started today and they wanted to go out and start setting this up, obviously they need an ad network and they need product to sell on a couple of different pages. What, what are, would the best place for them to start be the Google Display Network? Uh, Google Google Display is, is great. Um, Facebook is also really good, and there's really tight targeting available on Facebook. So depending on what you're doing, you know, if you have a really kind of niche market, uh, Facebook could be good. If there's good targeting available on Facebook, different groups and things you can target that you know is your target audience, that could be a really great, uh, a really great place to start. Google Display is is excellent for keyword based targeting. Depending on your offer, it, it can work uh, really well. Um, there's excellent conversion tracking and retargeting and all sorts of great uh, kind of uh, features, you know, in, in Google display right now. And as far as like setting up a site, the standard things are great. I mean, I would start if I was starting out today and didn't have anything, I would start with, you know, optimized press or lead pages or whatever, and just get something going with one of those um, kind of sort of templated uh, types of services. And that's, that's plenty to get started. Then you can worry about, you know, setting something up custom later. I like it. I like it. So no one has any excuse for not starting i don't think so no um i mean if you have tech sometimes the tech stuff can get in, in the way but you know you can find somebody on odesk to help you with that sort of thing but um you know optimized press is a great i mean you can start a, a million dollar business on optimized press really easily yeah. you know yeah i like the sound of that <laughs> all right I man. before we go then uh, if, if someone wants to uh, check out abby like get a little more about you i reckon abby a lot of people are gonna be interested in what's the best place to go uh, yeah, I mean, the site is adbeat.com. Um, we have a trial available that uh, normally uh, don't advertise, but uh, if they want to go and, and check it out for just a buck, it's adbeat.com slash trial. And, um, you know, any questions, support at adbeat.com. And, uh, yeah, that should take care of anything anybody wants to know. Cool, man. All right, Mike. Well, uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. Sure. Thanks for having me on, John. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.